All right, let's turn to 1 Peter tonight, 1 Peter chapter number 5, 1 Peter chapter number 5, and once again, we're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture tonight, uh, but I, I hope that uh, some of the things that uh, we've been looking at the last few Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, uh, thinking of the mindset of spiritual warfare and that we have an enemy and that we need to remain on guard, I, I, this will tie in with that. And hopefully it will, uh, if, if I can say it like this, open up this, this, this familiar passage and uh, we can uh, get a very important truth tonight. Uh, we're going to look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 is where we're going uh, to begin reading tonight. Uh, but as I mentioned, I've just got three points tonight. Um, the introductions, I've got several in there, but uh, I want us to get this. This is going to be a simple Truth, simple, remind us, um, but sometimes the most obvious things are the things we don't give the, the, the right amount of attention to, and uh, I want us to really grasp and really decide uh, that we are going to put into practice some things that we see tonight, and uh, it, will be help, it will be helpful to us. Uh, I have a desire as the pastor of this church to see every member succeed spiritually. I want to see you grow close to the Lord. Uh, I want to celebrate answered prayers with you. I want to celebrate milestones in your Christian life. Uh, I want to uh, I, I want to see the Lord bless you. Uh, you know, I, I I want to be witness to when we're all in glory uh, to you getting re- rewards to cast at Jesus' feet. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want you to succeed spiritually. In order for us to succeed spiritually, we're going to have to put into practice what I'm going to bring out tonight. And so I want you to listen uh, to this familiar passage. I want you to uh, bear with me as we go through the introduction. It'll be some of the same things you've heard before. But then I really want you to grab a hold uh, of the truth that I'm going to present tonight and to determine uh, that you're going to put it into practice. And so we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Our text verse tonight is going to be verse number 8. I'll read it again and be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now tonight I want to speak on the subject of the need for vigilance. The need for vigilance. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray tonight, as we look at this familiar passage, I pray that our minds and our hearts will be open to the Spirit of God. May we be reminded of some truths tonight. May we... Uh, grab a hold of some truths for the first time this evening. And Father, may we determine uh, that we're going to be vigilant Christians, vigilant people, uh, so that we might be faithful, uh, may we might uh, serve you faithfully uh, until uh, Christ returns or you call us home. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, as we look into this passage of Scripture, I'll remind you of a few things. The theme of First Peter is that the Christian is to be ready and watchful for the coming of the Lord. The Lord Jesus is going to come back. 
Uh, and as Christians, uh, as those that have put our faith and trust in Christ, we ought to be looking for Him. We ought to be anxious for Him to come. We ought to be praying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And, and you know, that, that would put, a, put an end to all this mess in this world very, very quickly. And uh, we should be faithful uh, upon His return. Uh, we should be faithful uh, so that, uh, one, it pleases God. But so if Christ were to return, uh, we can't go back and change some things. We need to be ready for His return. That's why uh, we're, we are admonished to be looking for Christ's return daily. Because if we knew He was coming back today, would we not be prepared? Uh, you, you'd change some things in your life, wouldn't you? Uh, that's why every day we're supposed to be looking for Him because He could come today. And he did, if He doesn't come today... All right, then I'm going to be looking for him tomorrow, so I want to make sure I'm ready for him tomorrow. But as we, we get to this verse, the end of 1 Peter chapter number 5, there's, there's three words I want you to see and, uh, that we're going to look at as way, by way of introduction. And so if you want to underline them in verse number 8, I'd encourage you to do so. I have them underlined in my Bible. The first word is vigilant. Uh, that's the uh, subject tonight, is the need for vigilance. But I want you to look at that word vigilant, and we're going to let... Uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary defined that word. Vigilant means watchful, circumspect, attentive to discover and avoid danger, or to provide for safety. So in order to be vigilant, I've got to be watchful. Uh, I've got to pay attention uh, so that I might avoid danger. Uh, I am vigilant uh, to provide for safety. Uh, there's, there's a couple of ways I'll put this in context. If, if, if there's somebody watching for danger, don't we want them, if, they, if we're depending on our, our, our safety uh, by their attentiveness, don't we want them to be vigilant? We want them to be watchful because my safety depends on it. Uh, the same is true of you. Uh, if, if, you're to, if you're to go in certain places or you were to be in, in dangerous places, uh, it, would, it would do you well to be paying attention, to be watchful because safety depends on it. That's the word vigilant. Uh, the second word I pointed out in verse number 8 is the word adversary. Uh, Webster's Dictionary also defines, defines adversary as an enemy or a foe, one who has enmity at heart. He goes on to define it as an opponent or an antagonist, as in a suit at law or in single combat, in opposing litigant. Uh, litigant, it's not somebody who has a disagreement with you. Uh, you have an opinion about something, they have an opinion about something. Uh, you may not be in fellowship, but that's not your adversary. By definition, the word adversary is some as your enemy. They have determined they are your enemy. It doesn't matter if you look at them as your enemy. They've determined they're your enemy. Uh, they're your foe. Uh, they're your opponent. Uh, that is the adversary. The third word uh, that I pointed out to you is the word devour. Uh, Webster also defines, defines the word devour as to eat up, to eat with greediness, to eat ravenously as a beast of prey or as a hungry man, to destroy spiritually, to ruin the soul. So the Bible tells us that we have an adversary. He's our enemy. It doesn't matter whether you have decided he's your enemy. And by the way, every Christian should. 
But it doesn't even matter if you do. He's determined you are his enemy. Some may say, what did I ever do to the devil? Uh, it doesn't matter. He's evil, Number first of all. But if, he, if him hurting you hurts the cause of Christ, that's his goal. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care anything about us. We have an adversary who wants to devour us. He doesn't just want you to uh, not reach your full potential, although he doesn't want you to. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. By definition, he wants to eat you up, eat with greediness, to eat ravenously as a beast of prey. Uh, he has no good intentions for you. You see, Pastor, we know this, but I believe it's important for us to be reminded of it. We'll get back to vigilance in just a moment. Um, sin... We must be aware of the fact that Satan is our enemy. We must be on the lookout because Satan is trying to devour us. He's trying to destroy us. So God tells us in his word that you have an adversary, you have an opponent, you have a foe, you have somebody who wants to destroy you. So we're warned, are we not? And we are admonished in Scripture to be vigilant, to be watchful. Now, this, uh, this reminder of this, of this well-known passage of Scripture, this familiar passage of Scripture, uh, ought to br bring some things to our mind tonight to remind us how important it is that we're vigilant. Because we have somebody who wants to destroy us. That's why what comes to mind is, uh, first of Scripture comes to mind is, give no place to the devil. Why? Because he's our adversary. He wants to destroy us. So Christians, if we're not going to give a place to the devil, we certainly shouldn't open the front door and invite him in. We certainly shouldn't give him a seat at the table. We certain, certainly shouldn't give him a platform in our living room. Give no place. Why would we give place to the devil, the one who wants to destroy us? And I'm bringing this tonight, and we see so many things in our, in our, in, in our churches, in our country, and in the lives of Christians. Well, this is obvious. We know we have an adversary. Well, we must not be paying close enough attention. And we need to be reminded that we have somebody. See, I, I, I'm thankful that I live in the United States of America. Um, I'm thankful for my freedom. But a lot of the problem that's going on in our nation right now is, be, is the fact that there are genera a generation or generations that don't understand the price that was paid for that freedom. All they have known is that freedom. That, that, that's what they know. And they take it for granted, and what happens? They relax. You see it in our nation. The prophecies from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s by our enemies that says America will be taken over and there'll never even been a shot fired. What has happened? We've had an adversary. Oh, we have an adversary. Oh, we're free. Oh, look what we have. We're, we're in the greatest country in the world, and we are. Same thing happens in our, with Christians. You, you, you trust and obey as we sing tonight, God blesses you. 
You obey this book, God blesses you. You, you live your life to please Him, God blesses you. And what is the tendency? When we start, God blesses us and blesses us and blesses us, we're not as vigilant. And we forget that we have an adversary who wants to devour us. Now, we must be aware of the fact that Satan is our enemy. His goal is to do everything in the power to cause the Christian to waste his or her life doing all the wrong things. He wants you to get involved in sin so that sin will steal your fellowship with God. It'll steal your usefulness for God. It'll steal your influence for God. And so he'll, he'll entice you with all sorts of things so that you get entangled in that and, and your life is wasted. What a shame for a Christian to spend their life feeding their, 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 their carnal nature with sin instead of using it to serve the Lord. But Satan wants to do that. And by the way, this is, this is kind of a side note, but it ties in with that. That's why you have standards. I hate to use that dirty word in the, the day we live in. That's why you have separation. Well, I don't need that. Well, you're a better Christian than I am. Because I know my flesh still, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to test it. I don't want to take the chance. Because I know I have an adversary that would love to destroy my life. He can do it with sin. That's why you have to stay away from sin. And by the way, we blame the devil for a lot of things we get ourselves involved in. But sin is something that will be used to, to waste our life. But listen carefully. Sin is not the only thing that destroys a life. Waste is also a destructive force. Many Christians who are not in what we would call deep sin are wasting their life because Satan has soaked up or devoured all of their time and energy for causes that are not eternal. Did you catch that? Uh, he'll try and get you involved in sin, get you out of, out of church, get you away from that book, get you living, as I preached recently, like a lost man. Because when you're involved in that, you're not a witness. You're, you're, you and I, if we allow that to happen, we become like the Scripture tells us Lot was. And when he says judgment's coming, they laughed at him because his life did not back up what he was saying. So he'll use sin. But he'll also get us involved in things that have no eternal value. One thing that has hurt us as Christians is we've lost touch of, the, of, of two words, temporal and eternal. And we put all of our time and energy in that which is temporal. And it robs us of involving our lives into that which is eternal. And if I can say it like this, and I always want to keep this in front of... I know some of you think I'm just, I'm just preaching at you, and if, take that up with the Holy Spirit. But I want to keep this in front of all of us as a church, and all of, all of our, our children, and our, and our young people, and our teenagers. Use your life for that which is eternal. What you want to do, it might not be sinful. Man, what a waste of what could have been done for God. Of those who could have been one with the gospel. Of eternal value. There are, 
I, I just happen to believe this. If, if, if you don't believe this, maybe at some point you'll get on the right page, but I, I happen to believe this, that there, Satan will do everything he can. He smiles when sin ensnares a Christian. There's a lot of people that don't darken the door of a church, and there was a time God called them to do something very, very specifically. But you know, I think the devil smiles just as big with Christians that sit on church pews. And God called them to do something very specifically, and they've been pursuing temporal things. And five years goes by, 10 years go by, 20 years go by, and they've wasted opportunity. Churches get off track. Get caught up in, you know, th this movement and this movement and this movement and a distraction from what we are supposed to be doing as the church. And quite frankly, and I don't want to get off on that, but that, that is, he, many Christians who are not in what we call deep sin are wasting their life because Satan has soaked up and devoured all their time and energy, all their efforts, all their strength. All of their opportunity. So, Pastor, why are you bringing this up? Because we have an adversary. Huh. He, didn't, he, he called me to preach. God called me to preach the gospel. That's what he called me to do. He didn't call me to get caught up in political causes. Although, I like to follow it. He didn't call me, and I think, and you know my views on abortion. You know, don't, don't talk to me about, about injustice and, and reform. Let's start at the abortion clinics before we have any conversations or I'm not interested in talking. There's my political statement. But God did not call me. So you could do some good. It's a waste. Eternal things matter. I'm going to mention very quickly by way of introduction, these are not my three points because they have four statements I'm going to make in the, in the uh, introduction. See how I do that? I split it up so you think you're getting off easy. No, but I'm going to, I'm going to take most of my time tonight in the introduction and then I'm just going to mention very quickly the three uh, statements I want to make with, as it deals with the need for vigilance. Number one, I want to remind us, Satan is especially, by way of introduction, Satan is especially at war with churches. Satan targets churches more than he does organizations. Satan targets churches more than he does any, anything else. Because the church is what Christ died for. The church is what Christ has commissioned. So you and I, as part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we need to be reminded we have a target on us by Satan himself. He wants to destroy us. That's why we have got to be built on a sure foundation, the Word of God. That's why we're warned about discord in the church. And that's why we are told that nothing from the outside can stop God's church. Only we can, can destroy what God has for us. And we're reminded of things, but Satan has a target on churches. Uh, second thing I want to remind us of by way of introduction is this. Only by God's power are we safe in our battle against the enemy. Only by His power. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough to defeat this adversary. There are many a preacher fall flat on their face, out of the ministry, 
lost their usefulness for God because they thought they were strong enough. I guess if they thought they had three degrees on their wall, that, that made them know none of us. I want to remind you, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. It cannot be won by man-made methods. And think about this. The Bible calls Satan a murderer, deceiver, liar, seducer, corrupter, accuser, blasphemer, roaring lion, wicked one, adversary, and a beguiler. If if you were told that there was a criminal with those characteristics running around your neighborhood, would, would you defend your home with a slingshot? I'm ready. Or how about a toy gun? When they come, I'm going to go pew, pew, and then they'll, they'll, they'll run away. Hey, I mean, this is a murderer, deceiver, liar, seducer, corrupter, accuser. Babe, I got this. I got the, I got the, I got the toy gun. No, that's not what you would do. Then why, why, Christian, when we're told that we, this is a real adversary, this is not somebody made up might be running through your nose. That neighborhood knows there's a real adversary is trying to destroy you. Why do we, spiritually speaking, try and battle this with a toy gun? Man-made methods aren't going to do it. It's a spiritual war. The third statement I want to remind us when it comes to our adversary, Satan attacks, his attacks are often subtle attacks. Most of us would be ready if we see him coming. I reminded us Sunday night that he transforms himself into an angel of light. He doesn't always come at you. In a, he's not going to come at you in a red suit and a pitchfork. Why are so many deceived in the false doctrine? And their minds are twisted. Because he came as an angel of light. In we have to be reminded that it's subtle. There's, there's opportunities to divert us, and I've already mentioned it from important purposes. Fourth statement by way of introduction. God's people should never fall asleep concerning Satan and his power. Too many Christians are not paying close enough attention to what Satan is capable of doing in our lives. I've lived long enough to know that there are better people than me that Satan... Better Christians than I am that Satan got. He's capable of destroying any life. And by the way, when somebody does stumble, that's why it's important for the church to be what they're supposed to be so they can get up, so they can rise again. But by the grace of God, man, I'm glad God doesn't cast Christians, cast us aside like Christians do. But but we because we need to be careful. Oh, and by the way, let me just interject this in. When if we have young people 
who are taught right and wrong, and they grow up in the Sunday school program, even go to the Christian school, and then they leave for the world, don't cast judgment at mom and dad. Well, they'd have done this and this and this. You don't know that, number one. And I certainly would be very careful when your kids are four and five years of age, too. We, don't, we fail to, to, to remember what he's capable of doing in our lives. And then what happens? We become complacent and lazy. And we forget the tools that he has at his disposal to attack us. Now, all of that is an introduction, and I think it's good for us to be reminded because we, need to, we ought to be reminded by now, as we go back to what the title of the Bible study is, the need for vigilance. Hopefully, we've been reminded tonight that we do have an adversary that wants to destroy us and some of the ways that he can destroy us. He entices us with sin, and that sin, he doesn't, all he's got to do is get us hooked, and sin will just do its work. And that's the nature of sin. That's why the pastor's responsibility is to preach against sin and preach hard against sin because that's what sin will do. It'll destroy you. So he'll dangle that sin in front of us. He'll get us to waste our lives. He's got a target on us. So let me make my three statements. And there's 12 subpoints in each one of these. No, there's not. Thanks for the courtesy laughs, though. I appreciate that. Number one, vigilance is awareness. The Bible clearly commands us to be alert and on guard because of Satan's prowess. Let me help you. I do have a few set points with this one. You cannot take a day off as a Christian. You cannot let your guard down as a Christian. One bad day can alter course of your whole life. One day when you're not vigilant, your home can be done just like that. You, well, well, I know today's not that day. No, you don't know what day the onslaught by our adversary is coming. That's why, that's why it's a dangerous time for a, a church to be, it's what we want. We want the blessings of God, but when God is blessing and, and money is in the bank and bills are paid and, and God just seems to be doing all kinds of things, that's not the time to relax. I can tell you, as a pastor, I'm the most nervous when there's money in the bank. I'm the most nervous when the sweeter the services are. Well, some of you are doing your part to not make them so sweet, and I appreciate that. But do you get the point I'm making? Because that's when the adversary comes. We have a tendency to relax our guard. Look at all God is doing. Look at how He's blessing, and, and look at the things that have taken place in my life, and we're not vigilant when we should be vigilant. We ought to be engaging the enemy in prayer on a daily basis. Not just in the crisis hour. I, I would like to do some preventative praying so we don't have to do as much crisis hour praying. 
We have to be vigilant, and vigilant is awareness. Let me just give you three areas real quick to be vigilant, be aware, and uh, be aware of people. Satan uses people just like God uses people. Don't let your guard down around people. Sometimes you've got to be wise enough to determine that this person is just not good for me to be around. It doesn't mean they're, they're, they're a bad person. It may mean you have the same weaknesses. It, we have to be aware. Well, well, well I just, they just, mom and dad, they just don't want me to have any friends. What I want to say is not what I'm going to say. But that kind of logic, you're on your way to trouble. Well, I know what I know. How pastor thinks. Number one, you don't know what I think. Man, if I if I if I thought everything that everybody thought I thought, or, or things that have been. Subscribe to me, that would be, whew. Anyway, beware of people. Um, beware of divisive spirits. There's just some people, I love them. I just don't need their drama. Because I, I don't need, I don't, I mean, look around. I don't need any more drama in my life. There, there's, uh, is this making sense to anybody tonight? I don't need their divisive spirit. Well, they didn't really say. I don't, it's, it's not necessarily what is said, but sometimes it's how it's said. We have to be aware because Satan will use anybody he can. Be aware of places. One who is vigilant does not walk into the den of a lion. Avoid places where Satan reigns. There are some places still in 2020 that Christians ought to stay away from. Stay away from them. You know, I'll, I'll use a little, I'll flip this other side of the coin. There, there, you ever talk to somebody who is just so involved in sin and the things of this world? You say, just come to church. I can't go in there. Well, why can't you come? Uh, the way I'm living. Things I'm involved in, oh, I can't go in that church. What are they saying? God. So shouldn't we flip that around? And shouldn't there be some places that a Christian I'll be very uncomfortable going into? You may or may not understand this, and I'm not trying to be spooky. You know me well enough to know how I feel. I'm a very practical, principled thing. But there are places I can walk in, 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 in any kind of a mall, and I can walk by certain stores, and I can feel it. Because as someone who has the Spirit of God in him and tries to live in submission to the Spirit of God, there are things that will grieve that Spirit in me. And there's some, some things that just do not agree with the Spirit. There's some, you got to be aware of these places. Beware of practices. Uh, actions in our life that can lead us to become susceptible to Satan. A careless behavior is a lack of vigilance. 
This is an old statement. I used to hear it all the time, but I'm not the first to say it. But when you're casual, you become a casualty. That's why couples shouldn't be casual around each other. Uh, that's one, the one reason why I don't like, well, there's one of many reasons why I don't like having daughters, especially them getting caught up in a group chat. Um, because it's casual. Man, that sucked the life out of this room, didn't it? <laughs> Um, I just, I just don't believe, okay, I'll keep my guard up. I can't make you keep yours up, but I'm telling you, we have an adversary that's wiser than we are, more cunning than we are, and we just have to be vigilant. Number two, vigilance is sobriety. Along with being vigilant, we must also be sober. Again, Webster's Dictionary defines this as regular, calm, not under the influence of passion, sober judgment, serious-minded. We should be serious-minded about the Christian life. Uh, too many Christians just let it happen. They just let things happen. No, we ought to be serious. That's, that's vigilance. We have an adversary who wants to destroy us. Uh, Serious-minded, uh, the Christian life should not be approached flippantly. You know, there, there are serious consequences to our lack of vigilance. Serious. We, we, we fluff this off and we push this off because we don't think it'll ever happen to us, but do you realize your lack of vigilance can lead to your grandchildren never hearing a gospel witness? No, no. I can sadly give examples. And you could have never convinced them that that was a possibility. But all you got to do is let your guard down one time. There's consequences. I mean, as the pastor of this church, as a preacher of the gospel, I can't be not vigilant for one day. Why, oh, there's people depending on me. Well, yeah, I, we, pastor, you stay on guard. Well, you stay on guard too. And why is pastor always so serious? This is serious business. Somebody... We're going to cross paths with this week. They're going, to, they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. It's important for us to be serious. Uh, I have an opportunity to influence somebody else as you do. For Christ, this is serious business. I've got one life. How many you've got? you got one too. One life to honor God. One life to please Him. One life to make it count. And what I do with my one life is going to reflect for all of eternity. What I do with my one life determines who I take with me. 
What I do with my one life determines the influence that I can have on somebody else. And maybe they'll serve the Lord with their life and and then they can influence somebody else. I've got one opportunity as you do. This is serious business. We must be vigilant. Because I've got an enemy that wants to destroy me. He wants to destroy you. Number three... Vigilance is preparedness. Some of this I've already spoke about and taught in previous Wednesday nights and on Sunday nights, but the armor of God, approaching that spiritual realm, how can we be vigilant if we're not prepared? That sounds like I got more time. Vigilance is, I got four pages of notes. You think I was just joking, don't you? One, two, yeah, we got time. Vigilance is preparedness. Be, I, 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 I remind you this all the time. I, I like to read history. You, you see Wars that we have won from our own independence all the way to now. It pays to be prepared for battle. Because if you've got to get prepared after the battle is already won, your likelihood of surviving is not very high. And how can we say we're vigilant, we're watching if we're not going to be prepared for a battle. Let me ask it to you, let me say it to you this way. Were you prepared for a battle with your adversary when you left the house this morning? Did you take the time to prepare yourself spiritually? Did you take the time to depend on God? Say, well, Pastor, I've made it so far. Well, but by the grace of God, any of us survive this life. But you can if you prepare. Sometimes we don't do as good as we think we're doing because we let something, some seed get planted in our mind today that we weren't watching for. We let some thought and idea or carnal desire get planted in our heart on a day that we weren't prepared for. And then that grows and that builds. That becomes something and we're defeated in our life when really the defeat was some time ago when we weren't prepared for battle. Vigilance is preparedness. Every day we've got to be vigilant. There's a need for vigilance. We've got to be vigilant. Parents, you you still have children at home. You've got to be watching and be vigilant of things that would harm them. It's amazing to me how careful sometimes, and this is usually moms, dads don't care, moms are about... Well, my child can't eat that. 
my child can't play with that. You know, they, you know, with dad, it's like, you know, when I was growing up, it was a 30-second rule when it hit the floor. By the time my kids were here, it was like a minute and a half rule. Uh, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be particular. I'm not saying you shouldn't make sure things are clean. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, don't make your kids eat dirt. They'll eat enough on their own. Uh, but if you're going to be that careful about their physical, you should be even more careful and vigilant and watchful about their spiritual. That's why you're just never going to convince me. I've, 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 I've read too much Bible. I've seen too many things happen. You're never going to convince a mom or dad is never going to convince me they love their ch- children if they take them out of a Bible preaching church. I, I'm just, I just, I can't believe it. Because we have to be vigilant. We have an adversary. Sometimes Christians are destroyed not because they're looking for trouble. It's because they weren't looking for it. It's because they weren't vigilant. It's because they weren't paying attention. Uh, All of us can think of somebody who's not here today, and not because they're sick or out of work, but they're not in church today. And it's a little surprising. It's When you think about it, it's like, I never saw that one coming. Well, I would probably say to you tonight, they didn't either. Because all it takes is for us to lower our guard one time. One time. So, we have an adversary. The devil. He walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we must be vigilant. Pay attention to your walk. Summertime is a dangerous time. Because it's relaxed. Schedules are different. In this case, coming out of a pandemic, schedules are not as relaxed, but you get the point. Vacations, which I'm for you taking. Things are just different, but if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll have some thoughts entering into this mind that shouldn't be there. We'll have some things lodged down in our heart that should not be there. If we're not careful, we'll have acquaintances who we know do not edify us, do not help us. Matter of fact, they pull us away from the things of God. Be vigilant. There's a need for vigilance. And let's make sure that we are. Father, I pray that these simple truths